Here the Lord not only rebukes them, but Jesus always uses his power to do what? Not to show off. And whenever he would do a miracle or wonder, it was always to demonstrate the power of God, but always would be used for the cause of the needy. Not just to do a miracle. To help the needy. To help the sick. To help the poor. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's message from Raul begins our third week in our study of Mark's Gospel. Meditating on Christ's miraculous power, we'll see that He never used His divinity in a self-serving way, but always faithfully poured into those around Him with perfect wisdom and healing mercy. Let's continue on with our study as Raul Reese begins today's lesson. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 8. We'll pick up where we left off last time. Chapter 8 of the Gospel of Mark. Jesus now is not only coming back from a Gentile territory, but he's around the Sea of Galilee, and many people are following him now. And these people have been following him for about three days now. And uh, Jesus begins to notice that they're worried and tired. They haven't been home and they haven't eaten anything. And so it becomes very concerned for them. Verse 1 of chapter 8, we see the compassion of Christ. He says, In those days the multitude being very great, having nothing to eat, Jesus called His disciples to Him and said unto them, Look, I have compassion on the multitude because they have not continued with me for three days and have nothing to eat. Now the first thing that I recognize here is that Jesus is constantly and always aware of my needs. No matter what they may be. Many times we think that we have to pray, but notice that nobody has even prayed. And yet Christ is aware of their needs. He can see their needs. He sees them tired and worried and hungry and thirsty. And it's so cool because the Lord here not only shows and demonstrates that He is aware of everybody's physical needs. Whatever we would need tonight. You don't have to worry about it. As you pour your heart out to the Lord and as you pray and as you seek Him. And as you begin to depend on Him and put your faith in Him, then He'll begin to provide your needs. Even in the Lord's Prayer, He says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And remember, give us this day our daily bread. Even in that prayer, it talks about provision. How God provides all of my needs. I should never ever covet anyone's needs, but I should personally ask God for my own needs. And always like David prayer, and you see also in the Proverbs, you know, Lord, don't make me poor, don't make me rich, but just supply my needs so that I will not forsake you and I will not beg for bread. That's a good prayer to pray. Lord, you know what I need. I'm not demanding anything from you. 
But I come before you because you are the one that recognizes who I am and what my needs are even today. So here we see the compassion of the Lord. Look what he says there in uh, verse 2 again. He said, I have compassion on the multitude. It wasn't just one person. There were hundreds and thousands of people following the Lord. Can you imagine what that must have been like? Everywhere you go, you are being followed. And people want to touch you. They want to talk to you. And then you sit down and you minister to them. And it seems like, you know, they're so hungry and so thirsty to know what God has to say to them. And we see here, it's so interesting that for three days, they had nothing to eat. So it means they literally had been fasting. They had nothing to eat. And yet, because they were listening to Christ and they were listening to the Word of God. What does Jesus say? Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. They were being sustained by the Word of God. As Jesus was teaching them. Leading them and guiding them. And that's the only way that you and I can be sustained. Is by being in the word of God daily. Asking God to feed our souls. Then in verse 3. He says, And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way. For some of them have come from a long distance. Notice how he's not just preaching and teaching and healing, but he's very aware of the people. In the proverb it says, know the condition of your flocks. To know what people's state is in the church. That's the actual duty, the job of a shepherd. Not just to get up and speak. But to be concerned, to be compassionate, to speak to the people, to touch the people, to pray for the people. To meet their spiritual needs as he's aware of what people are going through. Otherwise, how can he truly minister to the people of God? If he lives in his office all the time. But he's not among the people. He can prepare nice sermons and teach very good. But if he's not aware of what people are suffering and what they're going through, then he cannot minister to their needs. And this is Christ. He knows what's going on in the life of the people. Hey, some of these people have come so far away that if I send them away, they will faint. They will die on the way. Verse 4. And then his disciples answered Jesus and said, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? Now, here is the disciples, the ones that are following Christ. The ones that have seen miracles and wonders. And yet they themselves were not concerned for the people as Christ was. They were more concerned for themselves than for the people. They were thinking about themselves. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, they got needs, but we got needs too, Lord. Forget them. Remember us. Kind of a selfish uh, motivation in the life of the disciples. Because he says, his disciples answered him and said, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? And again, here we see a what? A lack of faith in the life of the disciples. Forgetting how God in past times has what? Provided for every one of our needs. You ever gone through that? I've gone through that many times. When a situation rises up or problem or whatever it may be, how many times we forget... How God did it the last time. 
But we get so concerned with what's happening now. And the disciples had seen the Lord heal and had fed people before. And yet they had totally forgotten about it. Look what Jesus says to them in verse 5. Then he asked them, hey you guys, how many loaves of bread do you have? And they said, we have seven. Now imagine pulling out seven pieces of pita bread. And saying, we only have seven pieces of bread. But Lord, there's over 4,000 people here. How is that going to satisfy people? What did Jesus say to them? I am the bread of life in John chapter 6. I am the bread of life. These guys were walking and living with Jesus, but so easily forget what the Lord was teaching them. And what they were perceiving with their eyes. How many loaves do you have? Seven. Seven is the number of perfection. The number of completeness. He's going to complete this miracle right now. Verse 6. And so then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and he gave thanks. And he broke them. And he gave them to his disciples to set before them. And they set them before the multitude. Now notice first of all that God is a God of order. In the other gospel that tells us he set them in ranks. So they could serve the people. But what's so neat about this is that as he gives the command for the multitudes to sit down on the ground. What does he do? He takes the seven loaves. And what's the first thing that he does? Here is Jesus himself. He prays for his meal. How we need to pray for our meals. Don't be embarrassed when you go to Coco's. Or wherever you go. Making sure that when you sit down with your children at the breakfast table or lunch table or dinner table. That you pray and give thanksgiving to God for the milk and the bread and the meat and whatever God has given to you. Always being thankful and teaching by example your children that it's important to pray for our meals. It's so cute to see my little granddaughter before we eat. We go, okay, Monet, we're going to pray. She goes like this. She already knows. And it's so cool because you got to start them when they're real young. So why? So as they learn and as they grow up, they're not going to forget to pray for their meals. Why? Because we're thankful that God is able to provide. When I start thinking of all the people in Africa and all third world countries that are starving... And how many restaurants here in America throw away hundreds and thousands and pounds of meat and bread and milk and all these things when people really could actually be fed. We waste a lot of food. I mean, how many times you cook a steak and you put it in the refrigerator and you forgot to eat it two days and then you say, oh, this is no good, I just throw it away. Or give it to your dog. There are people in other countries that are actually walking through the trash looking for something to eat. We have to be thankful for what God gives to us. Whatever it may be, I'm always thankful to God for everything that He gives me. For it's a gift of God just to be able to get up every morning and to be able to breathe, be able to eat and to drink water, and just to do the things that we do here in America. God has blessed us. And so it's pretty cool how He prays Then he breaks the bread and he gives it to the disciples and he sets it before the multitudes. And while he prayed and put it together, what did God do? God multiplied the bread. It was a miracle. 
they don't even recognize it yet. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We'd like to give you a quick reminder that you can download our free app for convenient access to Bible-based resources that will lift your spirit and guide you in God's ways. You can also visit us anytime at somebodylovesyou.com and call us at 800-634-9165. Now let's rejoin Rawl in Mark's Gospel. Verse 7, And they also had a few small little fish, and having blessed them, he said to set them also before them. And then, of course, he doesn't give you the whole story. But then he comes to the conclusion. He says, and so they ate and were all filled. And they took up seven large baskets of leftover fried. How can that be? You have seven loaves, a couple of fish. You break them up. You give them to them. And then you feed over 4,000 people. And then you go, excuse me, Lord, there's leftovers. How can that be? Well, it's a miracle of God. The way God works. God provides. Literally in the Greek here, when he uses the word that we're filled, is the word to be glutted. You know what that is? You know on Thanksgiving time when you eat a lot of turkey and mashed potatoes and lettuce and you're sitting there watching football and you just keep eating and eating. And, you, and then your wife says, can you take out the trash? Oh, I can't right now. I'm just sitting back. That's glutted. That's the word fill here. He, they couldn't move. You could probably see them on the grass kind of rolling over and laying down. They were so filled. They couldn't do anything. That's so cool how God just, man, fed them completely and took care of their needs. And then notice what he says to them. It's so cool. Verse 8. And so they ate and were glutted. And they took up seven large baskets of leftovers. Now, the word for basket here uh, that is used here only in Mark is the word used here only a basket of the Gentiles, not of the Jews, a Gentile basket. This is the only place that Mark brings it out. Matthew, Luke, and John don't bring it out. Only Mark of a Gentile basket. And so it's pretty incredible how here he's not only ministering to the Jew, but also to the Gentile. Then verse 9. And now those who have eaten were about, notice, 4,000 people. And then he sent them away. Can you imagine? He fed 4,000 plus people. Again, God making provision for the needs of the people. Then notice his concern in chapter 8, 10 to 21. And then he immediately got into a boat there by the Sea of Galilee with his disciples. And he came to the region of Dalmathua. And then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. Now here again are the religious leaders. They're always following Jesus, but with the wrong intent. They don't want to seek him. They want to interrogate him. They want to set him up. They're always testing him and everything that he's doing. What are they seeking? They're seeking after a sign. Verse 12. Notice. But he sighted deeply in his spirit, which means he was really bothered by this. He was bothered by them coming, seeking a sign deep down in his spirit. And then he said to them, he rebukes them. Hey, why does this generation seek a sign? As surely I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. 
Notice that, no sign. They were always looking for signs and wonders. And yet, here the Lord not only rebukes them, but Jesus always uses His power to do what? Not to show off. And whenever He would do a miracle or wonder, it was always to demonstrate the power of God, but always would be used for the cause of the needy. Not just to do a miracle. To help the needy. To help the sick. To help the poor. He wasn't just going around and saying, Hey, watch this. I'm going to do a miracle. He wasn't doing that at all. He had a purpose behind miracles and wonders. And then he left them. And getting into a boat again, he departed to the other side. And now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. And they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. And then he charged them saying, Hey, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves and said, Is he rebuking us because we have no bread to eat? Notice they don't understand what he's talking about. He's not talking about eating bread. He's talking about the sin of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That's what he's talking about. Leaven is a type of sin in the scripture. He was talking about those that were against Jesus Christ. Those that had come against him. And notice again in verse 16. He says, And they reasoned among themselves, saying, He said, Because we have no bread. And then Jesus, being aware of it, notice He knows all things, said unto them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Don't you yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? He's rebuking them. Having eyes, don't you see? And having ears, don't you hear? And don't you remember? I mean, don't you guys remember in past times what I did? When I healed and I touched people. And there was another time where I broke five loaves. And the five thousand. And how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said unto him, twelve. And then I also broke the seven for the four thousand. And how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. And so he said unto them, How is it you do not understand? How come you don't understand? Now remember that the disciples at this particular moment, even though they were disciples, they had not yet received what? The Holy Spirit. Not yet. It's not until the end. In John 13 through 16, there is a preparation as he's getting ready to leave. And he speaks to them about the Paracletus, the Comforter. They will come upon them. And then in John chapter 20, we see them as he breathes the Spirit of God into them. And they become born again of the Holy Spirit. But at this particular moment, they don't have the Holy Spirit. Jesus is still here. And they're following. And Jesus has given them power to go out and to witness and to do all these things. But yet at the same time, they don't have spiritual revelation. They don't understand what he's talking about. So he has explained to them. Look at verse 22 to 26, the condemnation now. And then he came to Bethsaida. And they brought a blind man to him, and he begged him to touch him. So here again, the people are bringing to him a blind man. And then he took the blind man by the hand, and he led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, 
and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. Now, here is a man with a need. He is blind. This is one of those miracles that we only find here in the Gospel of Mark. And it's kind of a different miracle where he doesn't just touch the person, but he uses spit to heal the person. You see, one of the things that I have found out in looking at the miracles and wonders of Christ is that whenever Jesus Christ heals a person, He might not heal that person the same way another time. And He doesn't have a pattern for miracles and wonders. He can do whatever He wants to do. Sometimes He would touch, sometimes He would speak the word. Here in this instance, He spits into the man's eye. Look what He says. He says in verse 23 again, And then he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. So he didn't want everybody to see this whole thing. Takes him privately. And when he had spit on his eyes, he put his hand on him. And he asked him if he saw anything. And then he looked up and he said, well, I see men like trees. Notice that it's not an instant healing here. But it's a progressive healing here. Instantly he doesn't see everything clearly. The thing that he sees is kind of like shadows and men like trees. But his vision is not clear. And so we see here that first of all, God himself not only cannot be limited in our lives. Because he can do whatever he wants to do. But how does God heal? He heals however way he wants to. It's by faith. Sometimes he heals people. Sometimes he doesn't heal people. The way I look at it, if God heals you. And you don't die, praise the Lord. But if they pray for you, and you say, he died or she died. And you say, why didn't God heal him? Oh yes, he did heal him, permanently. They went to be with the Lord, what a great healing that is. Then to be here in pain and suffering, is to be better to be in the presence of the Lord. So he said, well, I see only men as trees moving. Notice this, verse 25. And then he put his hands on him. On his eyes again. And look what he does. And he made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone very clearly. Did you notice that sometimes when we pray for healing. It's not an instant healing. But progressive healing. Sometimes it might take a day or two. Or a month or two months. Or maybe a couple of years. But God has his way of healing people. This was not an instant healing, but progressive healing. All of a sudden, there he is, and he's restored it and sees every man clearly. Then he sent him away to his house. And he said to him, neither go into town, nor tell anyone in the town. Now how can you keep someone quiet when they have never seen, but now they see? Don't tell anybody. I guarantee you this guy went into town and told everybody. Especially when he came home and his family said, Man, what happened to you, son? Well, I can't tell you, sorry. No way. Jesus, heal me. Look, I can see now. Well, we hope you've been encouraged by today's look at Christ's perfect blend of compassion and power. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We invite you to get your own personal copy of today's message by calling 800-634-9165 and asking for Raul's lesson from Mark chapter 8. 
Just send a gift of $5 or more to help with expenses. And as you think about the many blessings that come from walking in step with your Savior, we'd also like to offer you Rawls' book titled Victory, Overcoming Our Enemies. Throughout your faith journey, you may encounter trials and setbacks that hamper your spiritual progress, but this resource will guide you to ultimate triumph in Christ. Drawing from Rawls' Vietnam War experiences, you'll learn how to successfully stand in the protection and authority of Jesus' name. To order Rawls' book, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and ask for Victory, Overcoming Our Enemies. We'll send your copy for a gift of $14 plus shipping and handling. That's 800-634-9165. Or write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We are committed to supporting you with the hope and strength of God's Word, and your input is important as we always look for new ways to serve you. We've put together a wide range of resources to aid you in studying the Bible on your own. Download our app to your iPhone or Android for a variety of digital Bible studies and a personal scripture reading plan. To keep listening to Rolf's teaching, you can also download all of these programs as podcasts using iTunes and Spotify. And for an up-to-date discussion on world events from a biblical point of view, be sure to join Rawl on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific for Straight Talk. Don't forget, we're fully funded by generous partners like you, and we'd like to thank you for your tax-deductible donations. Next time, as we continue this series in Mark's Gospel, we hope you'll join us for a powerful look at our Savior's undeniable deity. Together, we'll think about the saving message that Jesus sent when He stood on a mountain completely transfigured by the fullness of His heavenly glory. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.